Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with Camaro Dave and Commander Chris coming to you from our Turn It, Don't Burn It studios here in Portland, Oregon. We'd like to thank the folks straight off the top at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef the way nature intended, that's Painted Hills Natural Beef. You can check them out online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Okay, so you want to start a barbecue business, but you've been doing something else for a long time, and how do you go about it? And especially... If you're something else was um, serving your country in the military. Well, today we've got Casey Nelson from Semper Fine, that's F-I-N-E barbecue, up in the Seattle area. Actually, he's over there on the islands. And uh, we're going to talk to Casey about all that stuff. Casey, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. Great to be here. No worries, my friend. So always the first question is, how in the world did you get started in this crazy business? <laughs> Well, um, I've kind of always had a culinary background, and um, that kind of started when I was in high school, and then uh, eventually it carried over into the Marine Corps. The last three years, I got sent to chef school and stuff, and kind of honed my skills there, and then to some other specialty schools. And when I got out, I just didn't want to cook for people, you know? It was kind of like, I want to do my own thing, but right. as life went on, you know, you worked, I was a carpenter, so I worked that job, and then went to other jobs, and eventually, about four years ago, um, my wife and I for about 15 years, everybody always told me, you should start a food truck. You should start a food truck. Your food's amazing. You know, like, eh, whatever, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. my wife, uh, funny thing is, you know, she wanted to get a, a big smart TV for her birthday present. No guy's going to say no to that. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to compromise. Can I get a smoker? She goes, sure. So I started kind of playing around the smoker. And, uh, one day I brought some food in, uh, to my coworkers and, uh, one of the guys hit me and said, how much would you charge for a rack of ribs? And I was like, well, $25. Yeah. And so he goes, I'll take one. And so I put a little sign-up sheet up there. And all of a sudden, I called my wife and said, hey, you got anybody who wants to buy some ribs? And she did a sign-up sheet. And next thing I know, I had like 28 orders of ribs. <laughs> so it just kind of escalated from there. It started getting kind of serious. And uh, eventually, my company asked me to cater their summer picnic, which was like 160 people. Right. And so that's when I was like, I need to get a big, big smoker because I won't be able to do this, you know, and kind of uh, jumped in the fire with that. And then we became a legal uh, LLC business and just kind of took off from there. That's an interesting story. I mean, it's it's not that odd because a lot of people have done that. People have gotten compliments on their food or their cooking skills, and yeah. they they finally take the leap away from you know, conventional, if you will, money-making uh, endeavors. They, you know, they put their money where their mouth is, so to speak, and they go out and they do something like that. How long did it take yeah. you to actually decide to do it? I mean, you were you were in the core, you're out of the core, you're working, you're cooking on the side, you're having fun, you get the wife's TV, you do all that stuff. But the, the, when Casey finally said, you know, I'm going to do this, 
How long did that take you to well, really make that decision? That was probably, um, so what happened uh, after I got the, the first smoker was a pit boss smoker, you know, Pell Grill. Sure. Started playing with it. And uh, I said, I'm going to start an Instagram page for my food. Because, you know, there's so many times you get, you know, chastised or somebody talks about, why well, you're posting your food on Facebook, you know? So I'm like, I'm just going to start a food page so nobody could say anything. Right. And started putting my dishes out there. And and within like three weeks, I had like 600 followers. And I was like, wow, you know? Mm-hmm. And and about another three weeks after I had another 600 followers, <laughs> then a guy contacted me from uh, Bremerton, owned a local brewery. And asked me uh, who I work for. I said, I work for myself. I cook for my friends, family, you know, anybody wants to buy some ribs, you know? And he goes, I'd like you to come down and you run my kitchen. It's your menu, barbecue, just do whatever you want. So we went down and looked at the place and uh, it wasn't really a commercial kitchen. It was more like a, a nacho hot dog kitchen. It really didn't have anything to, to do any kind of cooking, you know, more of a sure. kitchen prep station. Sure. And so I told him I'd do a couple of special events and see how it went. And so I created a dish up for the, the first event. And it was about maybe 50 portions and we sold out in about an hour and a half. And um, I told my wife, I said, we need to go legit. So I'm thinking time frame. it's probably six months before I really decided to jump in the fire. Yeah. Yeah. That's about yeah, right. So, that's about right. Yeah, and uh, well, right about the same month that the whole COVID lockdown started, I think it was in March last year. Right. I had actually made a decision that I, this was it. I'm going to give my two week notice to my job and I'm going full time. You know, so everything was just working right. I was in big demands and uh, our daughter was getting married. And so I decided to hold off on giving the two weeks notice. And then within a week, everything was shut down, you know, so that kind of knocked us back a little bit. So we were stuck kind of, we're still kind of doing the same thing. Now we're doing uh, a lot of private catering and events like that. And that just seems to be a little bit easier for us right now, but it's, I mean, it's working. So we're doing huge events and, you know, it's just, it's working good. It's a lot of work, Casey. I mean, I've done that. It's a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We just did uh, an event last weekend. Uh, We had had to travel 150 miles to do it. Um, It was about, in in all, about four days worth of, you know, prep work and pack in and pack out and one day of recovery, you know. Yeah. uh, Yeah, it was a lot of work, and but it was, you know, it's it's totally worth it. I mean, the whole time you're questioning yourself, why am I doing this, you know? And it's like the day it happens. It's just everything switches and you're just, you know, I'm barbecue machine. Here I am. You know, I'm just going to do what I do. Yeah. yeah. I'm loving it. You know, but you don't get that. Oh man. I know it's ahead. I know it, the next two days, which should be brutal. Yeah. But uh, in the end, it's just seeing the people happy and coming up to you and telling you how good your food is. That's what, that's when it all comes down where it's worth it. You know, it's not even the money at that point. It's the people saying, wow, I, who are you? Where did this food come from? You know, right. that makes me feel good. I think right. I'm doing something right. And I'm figuring this barbecue thing out, you know? Well, it's, it, it I think you hit it right on the head there is that uh, I used to do a lot of catering. I owned a restaurant for a short period of time, a long time ago, but done a lot of catering over the years. I don't even do that anymore because I'm busy with these media projects. But I think that's probably one of the greatest compliments and the greatest feel good moments in people's lives is when you're doing an event like that and people come up and they, they say, hey, I'm I'm Bob, and those ribs were great, or that brisket was great, or whatever you're doing, it doesn't matter. And yeah. that that really kind of makes it all worth it, I think, that adulation. Yeah, I do, 100%. Yeah, yeah that's, re- that's really, uh, really something. Did your wife help you on this? Oh, yeah. She's, uh, she's the boss. <laughs> she yeah. always tells me. She's, she's the CEO and uh, chief executive officer of cleanup, you know, so um, 
she's been learning, learning right along with me. You know, I kind of, I don't know. I'm not going to say that maybe I had the barbecue gift, but I didn't really have to work at making good food. It just happened, you know? Right. And I don't know if it's my culinary background that helps me out with that, but smoking meats was easy for me. I didn't, it wasn't one of these guys that had to do eight briskets before I finally got it right. It just happened. I would just, it's patience. You know, I, I, I was very patient. I, I didn't try to, you know, try to do things. I hear something, somebody does something crazy. Like, you know, like, um, uh, fast and hot, cook a brisket. Right. You know, for a long time I was like, I was skeptical about that. Then I tried it. And I was like, wow, I'll never do a 12, 14, 15 hour cook again with this thing. This thing came out beautiful. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I do, I am open to learning new things. I'm always trying to, you know, recreate something else or, you know, try something different to see if it comes out different, you know, and um, I'm not going to be just, you know, stick, you know, low and slow. And that's all it is. Nothing else. That's the way it is. That's the way it's written in the book. I'm not like that. I'm, I'm trying to experiment and do different things. And that's the whole point of, um, you know, with her, she's like, she gives me ideas. Like, why don't we try doing this? I'll say, I'll try that, you know? Yeah. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And if it does work, I'm like, cool. You know, I'll, maybe I'll try this end of event or if somebody wants to, you know, wants me to do it, I'll throw that, that idea out there. But um, we got, you know, a, she's great. She's great the whole way through. You know, she's like the, she, I let her handle all the paperwork, all the talking. I do all the social media and cooking. So it works out good. Yeah. Well, and the one thing, Casey, that, that I've, I've found personally over the years, and a lot of people I've talked to have, have uh, you know, concurred on this, if you will, that when you're experimenting and you experiment at home, uh, and if it flops, nobody's the wiser. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And exactly. if, if you hit a home run, you can run around and share it with the neighbors, family, friends, whatever. And then, you know, you got another, you got another hit on your hands there. So yeah, it works out really well, good. A lot of the time, what I try to do when I'm, I am experimenting at is, you know, I'm, I'm taking consideration how much time is this going to cost? How much money is it going to cost? Is it feasible? Is it worth doing it? Um, you know, and if it's, you know, if it's just a, a pain you know, in the butt, I'm, I'm not going to do it. You know, I'll do it for us or maybe some friends, you know, but there's just some things that, you know, I, and I'm like, oh, if I introduce this, um, I'm where we toast. And I kind of did that uh, with a couple of my dishes. Um, I have what's called, you know, they, um, they have the uh, Texas Twinkies, right. brisket stuff, jalapeno poppers. So I, I invented the Pacific Northwest Twinkies. And all I do is instead of brisket, I'm doing pulled pork inside of the poppers. Mm-hmm. And people lost their mind over these things. So and, that's, and it's like, we want these at every event, bring these things. I'm like, oh, geez, because they are time consuming. Yeah. You know? yeah, they are. And, uh, I, I just did a hundred last weekend. I was like, man, there's a lot of poppers, you know, but <laughs> that's what they wanted. So, you know, well, it's my own fault. I, I designed these. So. Yeah. Well, you know, it. you're, you're going to find little niche things like that. I, uh, going down the road that you will create and they're fun. I mean, being from the Northwest too, you could very easily do a, a seafood popper stuff it with some crab. Oh, or- I did. I have what's called a, uh, a, a dungeonette popper, which is a uh, popper stuff with dungeon crab. Yeah. That probably works out pretty well. Very, very special occasion. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, if you, um, one thing that I've learned over the years, you can buy crabs or go catch them if you want. Uh, yeah. You, but you can buy them if they're whole, you got to crack them and clean them and all that. Or you can buy, uh, you know, crack crab dungeness. Yeah. And that's about another mortgage payment by the time you get done. Um, yeah. The, price per pound on that it, it's kind of spendy but it's really good it's really good we're talking with uh, yeah, and- casey nelson from semper fine barbecue up in the seattle area actually it's just north of bainbridge up there in a little bit and casey's first of all um thanks for all the time you spend in the military i uh 
thank you. Yeah, it's not a problem. It's uh, as I told you on the phone, I'm a big supporter, big supporter of of uh, veterans and the military and stuff. And so whenever I get a chance to talk to somebody and they're doing this, um, some of the guys back east was doing, you know, Operation Barbecue Relief and some of that. They're all ex-military guys. I really. Really, really like it. We are going to take another break or a break, and we're going to be back with Casey Nelson from Semper Fine Barbecue in just a moment. Please stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, and you're listening to us on the Sun BGIG. I don't know what we're doing this week. Uh, radio networks. We appreciate it. If you'd like to email us, it's really simple. All you do is go to barbecuenationjt.com, and there's an icon there. It'll send it directly to us. If you want to go on my other handle, the one which is the Cowboy Cook, you just go to info at thecowboycook.com, and you can fire me off a message or an email. We're also on Facebook, Twitter uh spotify instagram whatever there's 33 of them now i think we're on so you can find us we're out there uh speaking of finding something if you want to find the perfect hire wasn't that a nice segue if you want to find finding the perfect hire can feel like searching for a needle in a haste a bottomless haystack of resumes indeed makes hiring fast and simple with 135 skills tests to help candidates prove they have the experience your job requires. Their powerful hiring platform even helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right on their site, which is probably why Indeed delivers four times more hires than all the other job sites combined. That's according to Talent Nest. Uh, to learn more about finding your next great hire, visit Indeed.com credit. That's Indeed.com credit. Okay, back to the show here. We've got Casey Nelson from Semper Fi, Fine, F-I-N-E. Uh, there's another. There's a Semper Fi barbecue down in San Diego. Go figure. Um, when I was doing a little research, Casey, so I want to make sure I tell them the correct name uh, for for your outfit up there in Washington. Um, what do you think you've learned so far? Oh, well, I'm, the biggest thing I tell people, especially if they're getting into it, is be patient. Uh, that could be a root of all evil barbecue wise is be patient. Don't try to take any shortcuts um, and have faith in yourself, man. Just believe, just believe you could, you can do this. You know, a lot of people, you know, I, they'll buy an offset smoker and, you know, a month later it's sitting on the side of the road for sale, you know, right? because they just, you know, they just throw the wood in there and it's not cooking right. It's not doing this right. It's not doing that. Be patient. And if all else fails, you know, YouTube it, <laughs> you know, yep. but, um, yeah, just be patient and, you know, just have faith in what, what you're going to do, you know, and patience is just a key word. It's be patient. Don't try to pull stuff early. Don't keep opening the lid in your smoker, checking it. Just let, let, let it do its thing, you know? I think there's a direct correlation between people's impatience with barbecue and fast food. I'm, I'm serious. I'm oh. serious. We're so used to now getting, uh, you know, Instant gratification, as you will, you go through the drive-through from, you know, McDonald's or Burgerville or whatever it is, and you drive through there, and in five eight minutes you've got your meal, 
in your bag that you can spill on the front seat of the car and you can go home. Um, and yeah. I, I really think that that has caused, and I've never said this out loud before, but I really think that has caused people to be impatient at one, at first of all, in their own cooking at home, but also impatient with a lot of times restaurant employees and stuff when you're in a sit down dining situation. So yeah. patience is a, is a great, uh, a great thing to, to, um, not only acquire, but to have it when you're uh, mentally, when you're cooking. Cause if you're not, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure we've both burnt enough things, not just on the grill, but in the kitchen to know that we weren't patient enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, so it, how would you describe your style? I mean, is it a Northwest based style? Is it, Casey's experiences in the military style from foods you've sampled when you were, you know, are going around doing different things in the service or how would you describe that? Well, um, I, I take a lot of pride in calling it Pacific Northwest barbecue because I believe this area is really starting to get more popular. There's a handful of us guys up here that are really kind of killing right now, you know? Right. And my experience is like, you know, I was stationed in Camp Lejeune for a while. So I got to, you know, had the Carolina barbecue, uh, I've been to Nashville, had the you know Nashville Kansas City barbecue. Sure, spent about I think it was three months in Austin, Texas, working. So I got to have you know all the famous barbecues down there. I mean, I went to places where they said it was the best, and to me, I after I went to some of the other places, I didn't think that place was the best. I like this little hole in the wall was really awesome, and so when I started putting my own flair together, I had an idea what I wanted, and I wanted to be just. Pacific Northwest barbecue. This is what I put together. And this is how it is. You won't find this in Texas. You won't find this in the Carolinas. This is, you're going to find it here for me. And I didn't want to, you know, and I'm not knocking the guys that come here and say authentic Texas barbecue. You see that everywhere. I just didn't want it to be that. I want, cause I'm not from Texas, you know, I'm, right. I'm from Washington state and I wanted it to be Northwest barbecue. And uh, so that's how I market it is with my own style, how I do my ribs and how I season my briskets. It's my own thing, you know? Right. So, no, Here's that's your question, Northwest barbecue. Yeah, no, I I think that's perfect actually because um our listeners might disagree with me, but there's very few people out there that can actually do real Texas barbecue. That mm -hmm. that you know, didn't come from Texas, didn't work in a pit down there for several years, whatever. Um they had to have some experience cuz Texas barbecue is very basic compared to yeah. some of the other stuff we do it's, you know, it's a lot of salt and pepper, a little garlic yeah, sometimes like that dry rubs. And, uh, I know there's restaurants around here that say real, real Texas barbecue. Some of them are pretty good. And other ones are mm -hmm. like, have you ever even been across the Texas state line? Um, yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's just one of those things, but it, you know, it's a marketing handle. I get it, but I always, I'm kind of still enough of a purist to say if you're not going to cook it like the folks down in Texas do and you're not going to season it, then don't call it that. Um, yeah. It, it's uh, it, it's just a thing with me, you know, and it's the same with Carolina barbecue or Kansas City barbecue, whatever. You know, if you're going to do their style, do their style and you can call it that. <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah. your, your seafood... Uh, here in the Northwest, you've got an incredible amount of choices, you know, just besides, you know, brisket ribs, pulled pork, you know, whatever. 
Um, yeah. What are you experimenting with things right now? Um, you know, uh, this last event I did down at Ocean Shores, um, it was actually initially they wanted me to do like a barbecue serpent turf, and I was excited about that. So I'm like, cool, I can do something different. And then last minute, they contacted me because I did an event for them before, and they're like, we want the same menu as last year. I'm like, uh, you know, <laughs> so um, I, I haven't really incorporated any of the, the seafood into uh, what we do yet. It's it more be more of a if a person asked me about it and was on their, you know, on their mind, I would, sure. you know, entertain it. Absolutely. We're going to take another break. We're going to be back with Casey Nelson uh, from Semper Fine Barbecue up uh, outside of Seattle right after this. Don't go away. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the Sun uh, Radio Networks. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. If you've never had any Painted Hills Natural Beef, check out their website. And they have a locator there. See if you can find um, a store near you. Now, some parts of the country where this show is, is broadcast, I know they don't have it there. But if you're on the West Coast, Southeast, and some on the East Coast, Painted Hills is all over the place there. So, PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Also, I'd like to thank the folks at Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Um, great knives. Great balance, great price. You can check them out online at GunterWilhelm.com. Um, also, if you want to stream this show in the podcast version, you can go to any of the, the platforms and we're there. So we're talking with Casey Nelson from Semper Fine Barbecue up in the Seattle area. So tell us how an average cook goes for you, Casey. Let's say, okay, you're going to do... Um, you're going to do something for me on Friday night and we've got 10 people. So I want to kind of learn about your process. What do you go through? How do you trim things up? How do you prep? Well, so, um, I'll, I'll just go off my last event. So, um, we were driving 150 miles South to ocean shores, Washington. Um, Thursday night, I loaded the cooler or Thursday afternoon. I loaded the coolers, uh, in my truck and drove to Bremerton Washington, which is uh, about about a little over an hour drive from where I live, sure. and picked up all our meats, loaded it with ice, got all our uh, got everything we needed for the cook, uh, as far as like banquet pans go, uh, more gloves, trash bags, whatever we didn't have, plasticware. Um, went home. It's almost like you do an inventory of what you need. It was a, it was a far travel, so I'm using this. So um, a lot of had a lot of thought had to go into what we were doing because it's not like we can turn around and go home. <laughs> you know, it's a four right. hour drive, right? And uh, with a loaded trailer, you know, so um, got home, doing inventory. Uh, the wife goes through, does her inventory and everything, uh, gets all the sauces together, whatever else we're bringing, uh, the dry goods, mac, you know, macaroni noodles, all that stuff. And then uh, what I'll do is I'll trim the meats ahead of time and like pull the membranes. Like, so the last cook was um, baby back ribs, uh, tri-tip, uh, mac and cheese. Uh, roasted corn salad and then the Pacific Northwest poppers. So I had a lot sure. of prep ahead. Um, I hold out the poppers that day since we got home, have them ready to go, put them in the fridge, uh, trimmed all the tri tip down, uh, wrapped it up, put it on ice, ready to go. 
and then uh, pulled all the membranes off the bayback ribs, and that's pretty much it for the meat prep. Um, and then we drove down there, unloaded everything. Uh, they had refrigerators already for us, so that was kind of nice too. Uh, my coolers can go about ten days with ice, so I wasn't worried about that because they were they're that's what they're meant to do. So uh, whatever we couldn't get into the fridge, we left in the coolers. Um, set up everything, unload the smokers, uh, set the tents up. And then the next morning we were there about nine o'clock, um, fired up the smokers, let them get the temp. While I did that, I, we got the ribs ready. Actually, we got the tri-tip ready because it was going on first because it would be about a, about a five, five and a half hour cook. And so with guests showing up at 530, ready to go. Sure. And it was a hundred people. So it was quite a few people. Um, got the smokers ready, actually prepped the tri-tip first. So I got all my rubs and stuff on the tri-tips and I threw them in the smoker. Uh, but an hour later I put the ribs on and, uh, we did 18 racks of ribs and, uh, we had, I mean, 60 pounds, 50 pounds of tri-tip that was in there. And after about two hours of them cooking, I started the macaroni and macaroni cheese prep, uh, which we kind of got that down to the science, how we do it. And then, uh, roasted corn salad, same way. It's almost like, it's just muscle memory. We just everything going and it's sure. good to go sure and then uh as soon as the people are ready to go what we do is uh, i had my daughter and my uh future son-in-law come down to help with uh, the serving of it and they all pretty much had their own little station at the serving table so uh, my wife and daughter will handle the mac and cheese and the roast corn salad and the poppers where um me and my son-in-law i'll just call my son-in-law um handle the meat cutting and he's been kind of working with me for the past year of learning uh learning the craft uh, smoking meats and stuff. And so it's, it's, he's learning still. So he was just taught what to do cutting wise and how to cut them and how to plate them. And I handled the tri-tip and people were happy, you know, it worked out really good. Um, they were able to get seconds, uh, awesome reviews from everybody. Uh, and that's also another thing too, as a, as a pit master and chef, you know, you always got those handful of people come up and say, well, I'm from Texas. I'll tell you if this is good barbecue or I'm from here. I'll tell you this is good barbecue. And you're kind of like, okay, <laughs> here we go. But uh, so far, I've gotten thumbs up across the board, and uh, yeah, I, I, we got a system down. It works pretty good. So that's really what it takes. Is uh, I remember from my catering days, it was <clears throat> you keep the same person on the same station once they've got comfortable with it and they knew what to do, and after a couple of events, you really didn't have to to oversee them that much. You know what I mean? They were, they were there, they had it. Um, if they were in charge of the, the salads or, uh, the appetizers or, you know, the, um, shaving dishes with the main courses in them, you know, tri-tip was sliced or whatever in there. And they, that was their deal. Uh, I just let them go. I didn't have to worry about it. And, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. Um, I mean, you know, not everything's a bed of roses. Our the very first event we ever did when for my company, um, and I, we probably bit off a little more than we could chew with just two people. Uh, I had all my daughters at that one serving, but that was an event where you know I, I cooked all night long because uh, they wanted it for lunch at like ten thirty eleven in the afternoon, and they wanted you know I I present I did pulled pork for them, and that night you know the 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 butts were stalling and just weren't going and. 
um, it's frustrating and it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, cutting butts in half to see if they'll cook quicker. And, uh, <laughs> and it just kind of, we needed that though. Cause that's what made us sit back and say, okay, we need to rethink this. All meats cook different. Sometimes you're going to have a meat that, you know, a brisket that cooks beautiful, um, that stall is half hour long and then you're cooking again and it comes out nice right on time. And you're going to have that one piece of meat that says, I'm not, I'm not doing this today, man. I'm going to give you a three, four hour stall, you know, right. and then you're, get the panic mode going like, Oh, what do we do now? You know? And, um, unfortunately, I mean, since the first time, unfortunately enough that I haven't had that problem yet. So all my meats have come out pretty good. I've planned, you know, like I said, it's all about that planning. If you're doing, if you're getting into the barbecue to do catering, it's, it's about, you know, you really got to have a game plan and it's gotta be, you know, almost to the T otherwise that's when things, things start going bad, you know? So just, you know, like I said, that's along with the patience, patience and planning. There you go. That's the two keys to being a barbecue caterer. Yeah. I always worked on the 6P principle, Casey. The 6P oh, principle, yeah? if you've never heard it, is called proper planning prevents piss poor performance. And yeah, yeah. that same theory. Mine was just a little more elaborate uh, as far as yeah. the description. But yeah, that that was it. And um, you know, I've had those too. I've had, I mean, we did a not to get off in the weeds here, but we did a wedding once and we had these kind of, they were supposed to be um, like country style beef ribs, but I, wa I wasn't really sure what they were, but we, we ended up just having two grills that worked uh, that day. Um, Cause we didn't want to haul any grills or anything over to the venue. So we did it there. And like you said, you, you know, about two thirds of the meat was done when it was supposed to be. But then we had this little section on this one grill that I don't know if it wasn't getting warm enough or what the deal was. Anyway, we had to kind of pull everything off and move those pieces around to get them finished in time. And, you know, sometimes those things happen, but, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. if you're using your own cookers, um, then you should know, um, you know, how they work, what they work, if they've got hot spots, cold spots, whatever. But these were two that I had never used before. So there was a lesson learned there. Put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of cooker do you use now? I'm sure you're not using just the same one pit boss you bought, did you? No, 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 no. Actually, um, because I needed something big. Um, so where we're at up here, it's really, really hard to get wood. And when I was first getting into this, I had an offset smoker, a, a, you know, a stick burner. And I, you know, I hold my trade on that to make, you know, cause I want to have authentic stuff. And then sure. when I was making risk for people, they didn't know the difference with, uh, you know, my pit boss and like that. I was like, wow. I mean, guys from Texas who swore they knew everything were like, these are amazing, you know, cause you got a little bit, you know, I've been on other podcasts before and I've, we've talked about it. If you know how to use a pellet smoker, you can make it taste like great barbecue. Right. And you can be done, you know? Right. And so when we first got, we're making a decision on what to get, you know, I was like, I really want to get something local. I want to stay in Northwest, but you know, there's not a lot of pit builders up here. Most of them, you know, you go online to look for a, you know, a 250 gallon offset smoker it's down in Texas or in Tennessee or something like that. You know? And uh, I was kind of like, well, I really want to, I had, I had two months to get ready for this big event. You know, I'm like, I need to get something now. Wood is hard to get. I don't have four or five hours to drive to Oregon or, you know, Eastern Washington to get wood. Um, and where we live, we're kind of off the beaten path of everything, you know? Sure. And so 
uh, I found a guy in Idaho, just outside of Boise, uh, who actually custom built uh, uh, pellet smokers that were huge for catering. And mm-hmm. I was like, hmm. And he was from Texas, and he swore by them. He goes, this thing's the greatest cooker you'll ever have, man. And um, so I ordered one. It's, I think it's like 3,000 square inches of cooking space, and it's huge. You know, I could put 30 <laughs> racks of ribs in there. I mean, it's monstrous. Yeah. And from there, just, you know, it had to learn how to use it. And like you said, find out the hot spots on it. And, you know, so uh, now I know I know it's so good that I don't even need to put thermometers in there. I know where all the hot spots are and sure. what's what. And Yeah, so, I mean, you know, anybody who gets any kind of smoker, I mean, you got to figure it out. You got to see how it works, you know, especially if you're going, like, with stick burners. Those are the ones that get really tricky, too, you know, how right. what kind of heat you're going to start off with. You got to start off right. really good airflow or no airflow or, you know. You know, you know the game. I do know the game. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with more Barbecue Nation and Kel, uh, Casey Nelson from Semper Fine Barbecue right after this. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the Sun BGI Radio Network. I'm your host, JT. Well, we also have, of course, uh, Camaro Dave, Commander Chris, who's off in Oklahoma today. We're talking with Casey Nelson from Semper Fine Barbecue up in the Seattle area. He actually lives in a little town called Kingston, I believe, which is over. Actually, uh, we sorry to cut you off. Uh, we just actually moved about six months ago to Port Townsend. Oh, OK. A couple of things really quick. Uh, Amazing Ribs Meetup in Memphis is going to be in March of next year, which isn't that far away, actually. They were going to do it this year and with the COVID thing and blah, blah, blah. And it was originally going to happen last year. Then it was going to happen this year. Uh, next year in March, meet up in Memphis. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. You can check it out on AmazingRibs.com. There's still some spots available. Coming up in hour two, we've got Daniel Vaughn, the barbecue editor for Texas Monthly. Daniel uh, has got great insight on barbecue. Speaking of Texas barbecue, what a job that guy's got. He just goes around and eats and then writes about it. <laughs> yeah. I can. I can. I can certainly do that. Anyway, let's get back and talk with Casey Nelson. What What do you think you'll be five years from now, Casey? Where do you hope to be? It's uh, a good question. Um, we just bought a house, so we've kind of been just, you know, puttering around there, kind of putting all our, you know, into the house and getting what we want. And, you know, I, I want to be, uh, we're still talking about what route we want to take. If it's going to be, uh, you know, with the catering still, or we actually, my ultimate goal is to get a trailer. And last year we had set up where we were, we were going to have spots at all the county fairs. Um, and of course that didn't happen. And so kind of took a you know a couple steps back from that. And um, I really would like to have a food trailer. And right. that's, been my, that's been my long-term goal from day one. I don't want to have a brick and mortar restaurant. Uh, I want to be able to travel around to a different, I want to do the kind of the, the fair scene, you know, the county fairs. Sure. And uh, you know, do stuff in my own, you know, I've got a lot of people that want me to get a trailer and want me to come to their place, you know? So um, and the trailers are popping up everywhere. So I think that was the answer to, you know, COVID is people wanting to get out there and do their own thing. But, you know, you know, with all the restrictions happening and places shutting down, that the trailers are the only thing that were surviving, you know? And I think a lot of people started putting their their time and their savings and their you know, retirements into that. I mean, they're everywhere, you know? And um, 
that's ultimately what I want to do is long term is get a trailer and just, you know, do the county fair thing and maybe some bigger fairs and just go where I want to go and, you know, live that kind of life, you know. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I did that for a long time, not with the food, but with another uh, endeavor I was doing. But, <clears throat> um, you know, you can head south in the winter. After New yeah. Year's, you know, <laughs> you head south to Quartzsite, Arizona and some of those places and um, hit a few of the event circuits because the snowbirds are all down in uh, Southern California and Arizona and and. Um, New Mexico, and I know people that have done very, very well for themselves uh, doing that in the, you know, up until the end of March, 1st of April, and then they head back to their home stopping grounds and do their circuits there. And they they do quite well, actually. And the other thing is it's yeah. mostly all cash. So that's really good, too. You know, yeah, yeah. you'll always have gas money, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> it works out well. Um, is your wife on board with uh, the long-term plan? Oh, yeah. She's the one that kind of keeps me, when I have my days where I'm like, you know, I'm just done. <laughs> you know, and she's like, no, you're not. You have a gift. Keep doing it, you know? Right. And, uh, yeah, she, you know, slapping around a little bit, gets me back to reality. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's there's just days where, um, you know, it, to me, everybody's like, oh, geez, it's so much work. I'm like, when you love something like I do and I'm good at it, it doesn't seem like work, you know? She's like, this is. It's, it's like there's that road to the the finish line, and this is how I got to do it. You know, it's not like oh, I got to go do this, do that, do that. Once I start, I may have that hour of doing that, and once I start, it's just it, it's just like I said, muscle memory. My body just goes, and the wife's like I said, I'm going one direction, she's going the other direction, and we meet in the middle and do our event. You know, and right. So um, she's very down with it. She's like my driving force that keeps me you know going or brings out a new idea or you know or you know, she's, she's great. And that's, uh, you know, if you don't have that support behind you, you know, it's never going to work. You know, it's going to be where one person resents the other person for doing that thing. And luckily I don't have that. She's like right there with me, you know, and, and I, I'm very, very thankful for that. You know, well, I can tell you this, um, if you don't, and my wife's very supportive of me, so don't, don't take this in the wrong context, but if you don't have that support, cause I knew people that didn't, it gets really lonely out there uh, on, when yeah. you're on the road by yourself and you're working this hard. Um, you know, there's very few people that make it in the long term that don't have a support system. I'll just put it that way because it's it's tough. It's tough. Um, well, and, and that's with, with, with everything you do. Like, um, I'm also I have a lot of my play. I'm also a high school wrestling coach. You know, and uh, sure. So that right there, you know, I work a, a nine hour day, then I go right to a wrestling practice for two and a half hours, then. Like um, this past year, we moved from Kingston to Port Townsend. So, and I'm still the Kingston head wrestling coach. So, on top of, you know, nine hour day, a two and a half hour coaching day, you got an hour drive home, you know? And she, like, you know, she just supports me. She shows up and goes to all the events with me. And if I didn't have that, you know, I see a lot of coaches that are like pitmasters that I, I just can't deal with this. I miss my family. I think, like, well, you knew what you were getting into, you know? Yeah. Did you talk with your wife and return what you were doing, you know? So a lot of that keep her up to par what's going on. Yeah, everything's great. There's a hundred percent support all the way. That's really cool. And especially when you got some labor that you can get your hands on, like your upcoming son-in-law and your, your daughter or daughters. I'm not sure if you had two, one or two, I can't remember, but um, I have five daughters, <laughs> five. Yeah. Wow. 
You've been yeah, there. three that are on their own, uh, four that are on their own, and one that's still at home. So, uh, yeah, and I, you know, I, we have if we didn't have that, that'd be a whole other ball game right there. I mean, because we're doing we do the leg work, and they come into the last you know three hours of the of the day to help set, you know pull everything out and stuff. But other than that, I mean, I don't know if I would take my wife and I a week to recover. We have to do everything, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. And the other thing, and I don't care how good a shape you're in, but when you're and you're usually standing on very hard ground when you do this because mm-hmm. you have to be because the tables have to be level and you know people don't want to walk around uh, with big rocks and stuff. You know, um, your body can get very fatigued too after. Oh yeah, you know by the yeah. end of the day, uh, I can see the the crew still that work for me. You know, when you're getting there and the table's still there, but everybody's kind of gone through once and they've been served or what have you, they're sitting on the coolers and stuff behind the tables, kind of getting off their feet because it can get tough on them. It can get very tough on well, them. Well, yeah, it's like um, that, like I said, that last event, you know, uh, which we got done, you know, we woke up early in the morning, uh, cleaned up, loaded the trailer back up, and then drove home. By the time we got home on Sunday afternoon, when I stepped out of the truck, I almost collapsed because my body was just done. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Cause you're working, you work so hard for like, you know, a good, I think we were, it was like a seven to 1030, seven o'clock in the morning to 1030 day on Saturday. So, you know, you're working 15 plus hours, then you got to come back and loading up and then you got to drive, you know, four hours back home and your body's like, you shouldn't have been sitting down that long because you get out and you have no legs left. And you're just like, Oh my God, I'm done. And so with that, I want to thank, um, Casey, for being part of Barbecue Nation this week. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, uh, Thank you, JT. It was great to be on Barbecue Nation. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. No worries. And uh, we will be back. So remember our motto here, turn it, don't burn it. Go out there and be nice to somebody. Take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.